Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Ignite Your Life Radio, episode number 25. It's time to answer some common questions about yoga, including ones that came from you, dear listeners. I can't. Are you ready to ignite your life, to live the life of your dreams? Welcome to Ignite Your Life Radio with inspiring life coach, experienced yoga educator, author, and inspirational speaker, Laura Erdman Lund. Laura has inspired hundreds of clients for more than two decades to live happier, more inspiring lives. In fact, her goal for you is nothing less than your extraordinary life, a life that is full of purpose, deeply fulfilling, and vibrantly joyful for you. Join her as she discusses living an inspired life in today's world. And now, the Ignite Your Life show with Laura. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. I'd say good morning, but of course, it's morning now, but I don't know what time it is when you're listening to this. I'm excited because for the month of May, I have been dedicating myself to talking about yoga. You know, this podcast has been primarily life coaching, um, but what a lot of you may not know is I've actually taught yoga for 25 years, and it's funny because people say, which is your primary, coaching or, or yoga, and it's pretty hard to say. Anyone who coaches with me says, well, that's definitely your primary. And every, all of my students say, oh, no, 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 yoga is your primary. I love them both. And they both feed me. And in my yoga practice, as we talked about a little bit on this show, I definitely, or my coaching practice, I definitely incorporate yoga. And my flagship program, Five Steps Plus One for Living Your Extraordinary Life, takes life coaching specifically to the yoga mat. Because you know what, y'all? We are multifaceted beings. We are not just our bodies. We are not just our minds. We're not just our emotions. We are all of those things and more interwoven into a beautiful tapestry. And when we begin to want to create change, to, to transition in our life, our minds get us only so far. But if we can take it to all levels of our being, holy cow, the sky is a limit. It is amazing. We can build personal strength through our yoga mat. We can learn how to surrender, learn how to receive. It is awesome. So um, I kind of digress. Before I step into today's topic on the podcast, I get really passionate about that. It's kind of hard for me not to get excited about it. I do want to mention that Um, Today's show is actually sponsored by Yoga Made Easy, my latest webinar extravaganza, shall we say. So I created a webinar on answering people's questions and helping people get started with yoga. So I take a lot of the questions. Some of them we're going to talk about today, and I do a lot more on the webinar. And um, if you want to check it out, you go to lauraerdmanmonth.com forward slash yoga made easy. And I will tell you, yoga made easy does need to be in lowercase. It makes a difference. I'm not sure why. It doesn't for anything else, but it does for this. So lauraerdmanmonth.com forward slash yoga made easy. I've got a couple more scheduled for May, and I will tell you that if you are listening to this podcast sometime in the future, check it out anyway, because I'm planning to continue these webinars um, I have a passion about helping people get started with yoga. So if you've ever you know, thought about it, maybe you stared at the props on Amazon, walked by yoga studios and peered in the window longingly but were too nervous to walk in, come to the webinar. And I actually give you an opportunity to ask me questions ahead of time. So um, sign up for the webinar, ask, my quest- ask your questions, and I can get them answered during the webinar. So... In my last show, podcast number 24, I began chatting about yoga, and we we chatted about why yoga is so popular right now. I mean, seriously, y'all, over 30 million people 
worldwide do yoga. And actually, I think it might be 40 million. I was trying to think. I think it was 30 million in the U.S., 40 million worldwide. Let's just say a lot and agree to agree that it's a lot of people. And I don't think why it's so popular is a secret because life is going really fast right now. And frankly, I think deep down we are all seeking a way to slow down, learn to do more being. You want to do more being rather than doing, to be more present. And we hear yoga can help. And you know what? It totally can. And along the way, it can help with shoulder and lower back tension, stress, help you sleep better, improve your strength and flexibility. I mean, seriously, talk about one-stop shopping. You know, for those of us who are looking at ways to multitask, (laughs) this is a great way to do it. So in today's show, I'm going to cover a few of the common questions I hear from people about yoga. And one, one that I actually rarely hear, but I did want to say a little bit about is the history of yoga. It's funny. People don't ask me, ask me this question, but I think it's fascinating because we don't really know, to be honest. The earliest symbols of yoga, shall we say, were found to, in the Indus Valley, which I believe is now India. I could be wrong be the Middle East, um, from 5,000 years ago, so 3,000 B.C., and there were stone seals with carvings of people in yoga positions. It was thought that perhaps they did yoga, um, warriors did yoga to increase their stamina for war, but again, nobody really, really knows. But I will say that the yoga that we're very familiar with, with all the poses, is really in the last hundred years or so. The oldest written book on yoga, the Hatha Yoga Paribhika, only has 14 poses in it, and most of them, if not all, are seated poses. So there's all these incredible poses that you see really is a, a modern rendition of this art. Now, a question I used to get a lot, and I don't get it as much anymore, uh, is yoga a religion? You know, I don't want to freak you out if, if uh, well, stick with me. Because the answer is actually yes and no. So mostly yoga is used within the, the, the boundaries of religion. So there are certain religions like Buddhism, Hinduism, and Jainism that use yoga within their practice. And it's just a method of helping you calm your body and your mind to deepen your meditation. Now, we do have yogic precepts. Um, There are the yamas and the niyamas, and they are ones, though, that I don't care what religion you are or or aren't, you would agree with because it's compassion, it's honesty, it's um, detachment, it's study of the self, it's surrender, they're beautiful. There are 10 total, five yamas, five niyamas, the yamas refer to how you interact with the world, and the niyamas are how, reflect how you interact with yourself. But the ultimate goal of those precepts is to connect you with your higher self. And that can be on whatever level your belief system lies. So I like to describe your higher self as that part of you, when you're connected to it, you feel loving, you feel compassionate, you say the right thing, you make great decisions, that part of you that is connected with God. And again, or divine or the universe, wherever your beliefs lie, or just simply the loving, good-natured side of you. And you know when you're stressed, when you're 
um, annoyed or you, you have a harder time connecting to that part of you, right? It's just much less, um, you're much less peaceful. That's when it becomes much more about doing than being. When we practice yoga, there's a caveat to this. I'll share it with you in a moment. When we practice yoga, it's about connecting to that side of ourselves. Okay? So that's why it fits beautifully into any religion, whatever you are or aren't, again, it fits beautifully within the parameters of your own belief system. You can take with it whatever it is that you want. Now, the caveat to that, you need to find the yoga that balances your personality. So stick with me here. This is something I'm really passionate about people learning about. So here in the U.S., power yoga has become incredibly popular. It's incredible. It's like, I don't even know what it is, but I'm guessing something like 80 to 90% of the yoga studios are power yoga focused. It, and maybe I'm, exa- I'm exaggerating, probably am. It just feels like it. Here's the thing. One thing that us Americans know is, and probably the rest of the world knows about us too, wherever it is that you are in the world, we are a stressed out, frenetic community. We run fast. We move fast. It's all about doing, doing, doing. Nobody ever says, I have plenty of free time. It's always my life is crazy, it's chaotic, I hear it all the time. I'm too busy, I don't have enough time. Power yoga feeds into that. It feeds into the type A frenetic, chaotic lifestyle, right? You know, people say, no, 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 I feel great when I do my yoga, and I would never argue that. I am sure they feel great walking out because they got a great workout, but it didn't create the quiet that they need to balance their life. Not the same quiet that a restorative yoga or a gentler yoga or a hatha yoga would have done for them, okay? So I want you to think about that for yourself. I am a type A, definitely recovering stressaholic person, and it took me a long time to realize restorative was really what I needed in order to balance my personality, okay? Now, if you happen to be someone who sits on the couch, flips through the channels, snacks, have a hard time getting started, you do need some kind of power yoga because that's going to balance the rest of your life. Now, what's tricky here is that the (coughs) – excuse me – you – it's hard to figure out how to phrase this. You're not going to want to do the type of yoga you need to do. Okay? So like I said, it was really hard to do restorative yoga. I teach restorative yoga the last week of every month. So all of my classes get restorative the last week of the month. For the first six months maybe, maybe even a year, there's a tremendous, tremendous amount of resistance. And I kept saying, hang in there, hang in there. Now it's like a cult following. I get everybody. I have people who put the class in their schedule to schedule vacations around it. I kid you not, I have a, um, a couple in my class who went on this huge vacation for three weeks, scheduled it so they'd be back in time for restorative yoga. It's, I mean, it's, they need it that much, and they've gotten to that place where they realize they need it, and they're able to step into it. So make sure you find the yoga that it's your personality. It's crucial. 
Now, the next thing I wanted to talk about, all the different types of yoga, you know what? I actually cover that in the webinar really well. Why are there so many different types of yoga? And I will tell you, the answer will surprise you, I think. And it actually feeds right into that. You have to find the kind of yoga that feeds your personality, that balances, I should say, your personality. Um, I guess that kind of feeds it, doesn't it, right? I mean, when you find the right one, it's going to feed you. But I did want to say one thing. And Hatha Yoga actually refers to really all the yoga that's here in the U.S. All the yoga that's pose and breast-based is Hatha Yoga. Now, it's a little bit of a misnomer now just because if, it, if a yoga doesn't have a name, they give it Hatha Yoga just because they don't know what else to call it. But that's, that's, a, that's a misnomer. It really is all the yoga is Hatha Yoga. Um, it usually does refer to more of a stop-and-go type class where, you know, the, the instructor says demonstrate the pose and then you do it. But not necessarily. It's, it's more of a free-form name for, for um, that type of class. Okay, Sanskrit. What is Sanskrit? Sanskrit is sort of, you know what, Sanskrit's the Latin of India. So it's the ancient language. It's very spiritually based. And in fact, saying Sanskrit words stimulate energy points in your mouth. So when you say these words, it actually creates an energy flow in your body as a result of saying that. Isn't that kind of cool? So it's a little bit like acupressure or acupuncture for your mouth. Um, they're also very beautiful and they're very poetic. So all of the yoga names, all the yoga poses have Sanskrit names. Namaste is Sanskrit for may the light in you greet the light in me. We are one. It's a really beautiful greeting. So um, that's what Sanskrit is. And Prana is the Sanskrit word for energy, okay? And energy, your chi, your ki, they say, call it in Japan, it is the energy in your body, the life force. Now, I wanted to say a few words about this. So your life force is your, think of it as like the blood flow for your energy. It actually flows through channels. They're called nadis, and it's, this energy flow that we're supporting with a yoga practice, okay? It is also the purpose of Taiji, Qigong, acupressure, acupuncture. All of these things, their purpose is to get your energy flowing in your energy field because when our energy is flowing, we're healthier. So whenever we're sick, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, whenever we feel sick, there is a blockage somewhere in our energy, somewhere in our pranic field, our prana. And when we do yoga, it helps improve that flow. And that's why you feel so amazing at the end in Shavasana. It gives you an opportunity to really feel that flow through your body. Okay. So those are the ones, the, the, the um, questions I wanted, I came up with. I also got three questions from readers or from listeners. The first one is from Jen. She said, I've heard, I feel like I have to be flexible to do yoga. Oh, my goodness. Can I tell you how many times I hear this one? It's like saying I have to be fit to exercise. You do yoga to become flexible. And more than that, 
it's not about flexibility. I am incredibly inflexible for someone who's practiced yoga pretty much daily for 25 years. You would be shocked at my hamstrings. It's just the way my body's structured. You know, it just, it's just the way it is. And I do yoga, though, for that calm and that sense of presence. Now, having said that, I think one of the reasons many of us feel this way is, many people feel this way, is because so many classes have, you know, flexi-deb at the front of the class, and maybe full of flexi-debs who are in, you know, skimpy yoga clothes showing up beautiful bodies that are well-sculpted, and it can feel incredibly daunting. What I always tell people is you've got to find a place where you feel comfortable, and you definitely need to find a place where they start yoga from the very beginning, Okay, when you go into a class, if you're going into a flow class, which means they go from one pose to the next, they just keep flowing, um, you need to know those poses before you're doing them. If you are learning, and I'm saying this in quotes, learning yoga by watching the person in front of you, you're not learning yoga, and there is a good chance you're going to end up injured at some point along the way. So you want to find a class where they, you feel comfortable not being a flexi deb. You feel comfortable wearing whatever it is you want to wear. I have unfortunately heard a gajillion stories of people who were shunned, and I say that jokingly, but some, it was quite devastating for them because they came in with sweats because that's what they were comfortable being in with their bodies. You know what? Find a class where they welcome you because they're out there, okay? And the class that teaches from the very, very beginning. So when you go in, you learn how to stand into the asana. You learn how to do downward-facing dog in a way that won't injure your shoulders. You learn how to do warrior two without hurting your knee, okay? So make sure you're finding that. The next question I got was from Bob. He said, do I have to be vegetarian to practice yoga? You know, it was interesting because I haven't gotten that question very often anymore. I used to in the beginning because there was definitely – you know, 20 years ago, there was definitely this view of yogis as being granola heads. Now, traditional yogis were vegetarian. You know, and I kind of hesitated saying that because from what I understand, but, you know, 5,000 years ago, who knows? <clears throat> because of the non-harming, there is one of the precepts is compassion. And some people define that compassion is not eating another living being. Now, that can be taken, you know, wherever it is you are in your life. I, I was vegetarian for 22 years. I am no longer vegetarian. It did not fit me for two years. I was very low energy, and we realized that what I needed was, was animal meat. And it took about six months to get all of my health back. Um, but for 20 years, it was great, totally fit me. And you need to find what best suits you, but you absolutely do not need to be vegetarian. To, to be a yogi. The next one is you have to be fit. You know, I think I covered that one. This one comes from Bobby. So, Bobby, you can let me know. I think I covered that with the first one when I talked about, you know, you certainly don't have to be fit. And it's actually a really lovely form of exercise for people who aren't fit as long as you're in a class that is gentle and is suited for you. Okay. Now, I hope I answered all your questions, or at least a few of them, and got you thinking maybe you can start yoga. If you have more questions, please join me on my webinar, Yoga Made Easy, lauraurdmanmonth.com forward slash yoga made easy. And again, yoga made easy needs to be lowercase. 
And you can ask me more questions ahead of time. I will send you a link of where you can leave your questions for me before the webinar, and I will make sure I get them answered because I do a live Q&A afterwards. So if you think of things during the webinar, you can certainly answer, ask me questions then. If you are ready to jump in and you're ready to study, and I would love to be your teacher, you can join me for my 30-video beginner yoga series. Y'all, this takes it from the very beginning, and you can totally do it from your home. I promise I take you very slowly and take you through safety steps, make sure that you know how to do it so you can be safe. You can find it at lauraerdmanlunds.com forward slash learn yoga. You can also just find it on my website too, lauraerdmanlunds.com and click on shop. I am um, offering a ton of bonuses right now and I'm really excited about it. So I'm looking forward to welcoming a ton of people into this program Excuse me. If you have any questions, you can contact me through my website, lauraerdmanlunds.com. All right, you all, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a delightful, delightful day, and you are encouraged about starting yoga. If you listen to the podcast number 24, I talked about how to find a studio, how to find a teacher. So I've got some good, good thoughts out there. So if you need a little bit more information and you haven't listened to that one, be sure you go out and seek that one out. May you be inspired to live your extraordinary life, y'all. Take care.